thank you for tuning in to the Undercuts review episode of the first ever Miami Grand Prix. Enjoy the show. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F-number-one.com, where you can put your theories to the test. We had the first ever Miami Grand Prix this weekend. It was it was crazy. It was a brand new track. We didn't know what to expect. Nick, what were your first impressions of the track? It kind of reminded me of Sochi in that it doesn't have any character. Um, you know, it's built around a, a venue. I think they did a really good job transforming all the parking lots into all, you know, everything that goes around the circuit. Yeah. And they found a good way to integrate the the stadium into it. The thing that kind of got me about it all was really, it was a case of we're, we're throwing a massive party and the race itself seemed to be just the thing that drove there being a party rather than it being something that's really stood up around the race. Um, I mean, it, it was, you know, I, th- I think from everything that I saw before and I've heard since everyone that was there had an amazing time i think you know maybe talk about martin's grid walk and anyone who knows american celebrities which martin clearly doesn't (laughs) would be like it's not him someone tell him it's not him (laughs) um but you know what it's you know that that's it's all part of it and overall i think it was it was a fun event and i think that miami did a decent job martin what do you think so I thought the circuit um, was was excellent for for being in a quote you know quote unquote parking lot. Uh, they did an, an excellent job. You didn't get that sense at all. I think it they made it a street light circuit like circuit. Uh, I think they were successful that there were they used a couple of real roads. I think, but mostly it was just uh, you know laid down over the top of the parking lot. But it it, it did look amazing. Yeah, Nick, you uh, you you really you really hit it on the head. Like Nick, you you spoke about the Martin Brundle walk, of course. You know, it was what was it, Paolo Bonchero, the guy from Duke. He thought that was that was Patrick Mahomes. I thought that was hilarious. But before we get on that, I'm going to touch on practice just quickly. There really wasn't all that much that went on, except for, of course, there were a few crashes because it's a brand new track. Baltas in the first one, he spun out and crashed. Ocon had another unsafe release into another Mercedes. Um, this time you can't blame the engineer that was on him. He ignored that guy. Um, so that, that was not good. Hopefully he gets that under control. Um, and then in the second practice, Max wasn't able to go. He only had five laps in the whole first day. So it was looking kind of iffy for him. And science was taking too much speed in that second practice, and he crashed only like 18 minutes in, which caused another red flag. Then for practice three, Ocon crashed and we had another red flag. And Max was really close to crashing at that same spot that the other two did, um, but was able to stop right in front of the wall. So that was really practice. Uh, We got into qualifying. The Obamas were there as guests of Mercedes. Alcon was not able to go because of his crash. They weren't able to get the car ready, so he had to start from the back. And then Mercedes was, was looking good through practice. I think George was fastest in one session and like second fastest in another session but he wasn't able to get out of q2 i mean i did not see that coming and alonso also had some great 
great runs during practice and he wasn't able to get through. When it came down to racing, you know, and in, in, in qualifying in, in particular for George, he just couldn't get the speed out of the car. Going through that, I think it's what turns five, six, seven or six, seven, eight, the car just, you could see midway through the corner, it just gave up on grip. And it, you know, getting massive oversteer that snapped out and, and then that was his lap completely ruined. So I don't know, this, they still have a lot of work to do, I think. Really, it was those two that were the only ones that were really a shock of not getting into Q3. Um, the ones that did seem surprising, both the Alpha Taris were able to get into Q3. Pierre and ultimately got P7 and Yuki got P9. Lewis had one of his best qualifyings of the year, getting in sixth. But of course, he was still right behind Bottas, who was in uh, who was in fifth, which we weren't. I wasn't really expecting because he uh, had such little running, and I think that was Alpha Romeo's best qualifying since 2019. So that was really impressive. And then we got Ferrari one two, Charles Sainz, and then Red Bull three four, uh, Max and Checo. It seemed like you know maybe P three Martin was actually better than then P2 because you had the the clean line and there were lots of complaints about all the all the marbles on on the side. What what were you thinking after the qualifying? Yeah, th- yeah, no, that that's definitely what they said. I mean, I think Christian Horner said they had their car set up for straight line speed um whereas he was thinking Ferrari had it set up more for high speed cornering, you know, which one was going to play out. It certainly looked like Ferrari had made the right decision obviously taking 1 2 and maybe they could go on to dominate but that maybe wasn't the case. And as far as the, the lines go, yeah, you know, new tracks, not rubbering in, you know, there's always a question about what the surface is going to be like. I saw a couple of photos uh, that uh, fans had posted where small bits of rubber were flying off the cars and going into the stands. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always there's always rubber offline. Uh, maybe it's a bit uh, more pronounced when it's a, a new track. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the guys did say like, you know, the, the layout of the track was interesting, but that the surface was so bad that they were just really struggling, especially in that one, uh, slow chicane where all those crashes were, um, cars were really struggling. That one curb was just like flying cars up in the air. So we get to pre-race time. Both the Aston Martins had decent qualifying but apparently they like over refrigerated their fuel and they were worried that if they had gone out on the grid it would have been like the wrong temperature and they would have had a penalty anyway so they ended up starting in the pit lane which was really unfortunate for them yeah definitely i mean uh, you want cold fuel gives you more horsepower uh, but obviously the FIA has limits on on what that can be and they made they made their call so uh, not sure how that mistake was made. Not something I've seen before. Do you recall that ever happening before, Nick? No, but uh, the one thing I would say, when we have seen fuel irregularities in the past, it's been disqualification from the race. It's not a five-pace penalty or a five-second whatever, because that's the team, right? That's not the driver making an error on the track that they can, you know, they punish them for an infringement on track. Fuel irregularities, of, when I've seen it, like I said, disqualification from the race. So I think it was the right decision to not take that gamble given the amount of downside risk associated with having, you know, going out to the grid like that. It was unfortunate for them. And so their, their great, their great qualifying that they had was ruined and they had to start from the pit lane, but we get to race time, start of the race. 
it was not a great start, Martin, for your for your Ferraris. Um, Carlos, like we said <laughs> earlier, being in that second spot was was maybe not the best place, um, and Max was able to to get ahead of him pretty easily. I don't think it was the track. I don't think Carlos had had much chance there. I think they all three of them, when you watch the start back, got a, a decent start. Nobody um, jumped off the line massively ahead of anybody else. They're all heading down to the first corner, and Carlos. He's not going to punt his own teammate off the track in front of him, is he? So he just had to get on the brakes just that fraction of a second earlier. Uh, and, and Max was able to pull alongside. And then ultimately, because it went right, left, you know, uh, take that advantage in. I think Carlos has to take it a little bit more carefully, especially given what's happened to him in the previous two yeah. races. He probably had that in the back of his mind, too. So I don't blame Carlos for that. I don't think that the traction was an issue. I think. He, he he did pretty much as well as he could, and Max, as a racing driver, should took the opportunity. So, two three, sorry one one three yeah. for the Ferrari is not terrible. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I think that if Carlos Sainz had finished the last couple of races, it would have been a slightly different story. I think that he was just playing it extra conservatively, and he went on the brakes just a little bit earlier than really he should have or needed to, and that just you know Max Verstappen doesn't need you know a second invitation to go around the outside and uh you know but it was a move that actually max made stick and it was a, it was a good fair move yeah agreed yeah i agree with you guys but regardless he was a spot back lewis also lost a couple places because alonzo touched him a little bit and he he had to, to kind of back out a little bit after that so he wouldn't spin out but he was able to get that spot back in a couple laps. Yeah, so you say Alonso. I think Alonso qualified in 11th. And after the, the third corner, he was up to 7th. You know, the, the in-car shot um, that showed that they that they ran to show the contact with Lewis. Man, Fernando got a brilliant start. You saw him, you know, start like only he can. He knows where to put his car. He really does. And especially when you look at where Lewis started the race in what sixth yeah alonso was was right up there there was contact it was wheel on wheel thankfully nothing that took either of them out or give them any sort of damage although i think lewis did say he felt some damage or thought there was some damage but that didn't really come to fruition so it was uh it was good robust racing lewis ended up passing Pierre on the start of I think it was like the sixth lap and he was he was like right he was right back where he started he was chasing down Bottas um Mick and Yuki had a little wheel-to-wheel action around there too Uh, there was a lot of like little nice little battles uh, a couple laps in unfortunately on the next lap lap seven Zhao was the first one to retire from the race and it, it was just not a good weekend for him. Um, and then we get to lap nine and Max is finally able to get past Charles. He had been putting pressure on him and it didn't look like Charles had really put much defense on him, Martin. I mean, it, he could have done a lot more there to kind of keep him behind. At least that's what I thought. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I thought he'd be a bit more uh, aggressive in his defensive maneuvers. Maybe he thought he could he could come back, back at him when he had DRS. I mean, going into the race with, was it three DRS zones, you know, multiple long straights with hard braking, I was actually expecting a lot more DRS overtaking than we saw 
maybe even a return of you know the game of chicken um, that we saw at was it Bahrain or in Saudi Arabia? I forget which one where they're trying to outbreak each other for the line. But yeah, uh, Max for the first nine laps he definitely held onto the back of Leclerc without too much problem. It seemed overtook him. Maybe Leclerc thought he could come back on him, but uh, that that wasn't the case. It looked you know Max was able to pull away and maintain that gap to remove DRS from from Leclerc. Yeah, and it comes down to the philo- you know the setup philosophy that you you mentioned earlier, right? Which I think you, we saw it in Imola as well. The Red Bull really strong in a straight line, not so quick through the corners. But then, especially with the tires at this point in time, I think Ferrari, you know, Leclerc's tires were starting to go off after seven or eight laps, and the Red Bull just needs to keep in contact with them and wait for them to not be as quick around the corners and then they can make up the ground and then they're easily fast enough in the straight especially with the drs to to go straight by i'd be interested to see if ferrari stick with this same sort of philosophy or if they try and change things a little over the next couple of races because they realize that they're getting picked off on the straights and yeah they're good around the corners but with drs you know, if the Red Bull is 10 miles an hour faster than them without DRS and Ferrari pick up 10 miles an hour with DRS, then it just makes them as fast as the car that they're trying to overtake and you're never going to get it done um, on the track. So that difference in philosophies, this race was even called out really, really strongly up front. And I think that I fall in the Red Bull camp. I'd rather have the straight to be able to make the pass, but obviously with less downforce comes higher tire degradation by being a racing driver you are under risk all the time by being a racing driver means you are racing with other people and if you no longer go for a gap that exists you're no longer a racing driver we get a little farther in george had started on the hard tires i think he was the farthest up that had started on the hard tires and he Around lap 14, he made a nice little pass on Danny that brought him up into 11th place, and it looked like his hard tires were were really starting to work for him. Um, he was starting to get up to you know the same speed as Lewis, who was way ahead of him at the time. It was starting to get really nice for him, and the other medium tires were really starting to uh, to get worse at this point. So it seemed like maybe this is going to be a good strategy for him because he was so far back. It was like, you might as well try something new. But then we get a couple laps after that, and Alonzo is the first one to really try an undercut. And it just went totally wrong for him. The The right rear tire, they were having trouble with getting it on like we've seen in hot temperatures before, and it just didn't work. And by the time Pierre hit it on the next lap, he was just way ahead of him. I'm glad we have notes because really between lap 9 and lap 40, whatever <laughs> – it, it just felt like nothing really happened. Um, whether that's the circuit or whatever, I think, you know, the drivers were quite, you know, they said it's a, it's a really, it's a tricky circuit. I don't know. The, the circuit layout didn't make for good racing. It, it was definitely disappointing. I thought, like I said, with, with three DRS zones, you know, a, a purposely, you, they could d- design the track almost however they wanted, right? Not, okay. They had a, bl- yeah, they had a blank canvas. <laughs> right, they knew what- Because it's just a massive- Parking yeah, exactly. You could design the turkey how you want, so you can make it so that we know how these cars overtake by, you know, fast straights, DRS, hard braking, you know, who's going to blink first. 
remind me which one was it was it saudi arabia or was it bahrain where they were playing chicken and then i think it was saudi yeah overtaking each other outbreaking yeah, each other you'd take me on one drs zone i'll take you straight back i mean that was edge of your seat stuff this one i unfortunately i had such high hopes going in that we'd get something similar and it didn't it just didn't pan out that way you know they almost designed the circuit around the spectator areas that they wanted to put in yeah yeah and that just meant that there were real compromises on the racing. Possibly, yeah. At this point, we're like lap 18. Max is pulling away. He's already three and a half seconds ahead of Charles um, after, what, nine laps when he when he finally passed. Um, and it was looking like Ferrari had to do something or hope for rain or safety car or whatever it was going to be. He just didn't have any shot at this point. Max was just too fast on those straights. George is all the way up into seventh place. He's the only one up near the front that hasn't pitted. And those hard tires are, are working really well for him. He's right behind Lewis and he's gaining on him. And I, I, you know, I was super impressed by George. He, he started in such a bad way and he was so confused. All of Mercedes was really confused and George was just flying. That, that was when his hard tire was, was, was really working when everybody else was, was going away so it certainly worked out for him yeah but i think a lot of that comes from the fact that he was out of you know out of position after qualifying he was down in 12th and i think that that's something that you know we've seen a couple of times over the course of the year that you find that people who are out of position are willing to take a bit more of a gamble and that gamble has typically been let's just stick the hard tire on run as long and particularly because this is a a quote-unquote street circuit you know in particular there are certain areas where you don't have the access roads that you would normally granted just massive parking lot but there's always a risk of a safety car even for a a small shunt right because of the nature of how this the circuit is and it's not a purpose-built facility it may take a little bit longer to to get rid of a car that's come you know had an accident so it's it's the worthy gamble i mean you know, George Russell, if the safety car hadn't come out, maybe he'd have finished round about where he started, <laughs> right? But there was a safety car and he'd stayed out longer. And this, the timing of that safety car was was critical again. And it yeah. really came to him. And, you know, that probably, you know, if, if he'd have qualified in seventh, maybe he wouldn't have put the hard tire on at the start and gone long. I mean, fair, fair play to Mercedes for, for doing that. We were bemoaning the fact that they didn't pull the trigger with you know the wet dry wet race at Imola uh didn't take it didn't take a gamble with Lewis when maybe they could they did with George and and I agree with you Nick if he if he wasn't in second this 12th exactly he wouldn't have yeah. been on those that hard tire but it, it paid off and and as far as yeah the if there's a a luck quotient especially in the Mercedes team it's 100% with with Russell this this year and hundred and not with Lewis at all. Uh, Lewis is being screwed out of multiple p- positions due to safety cars, whereas Russell's uh, been gaining. But that's that's the nature. That's the bit you can't you can't control. Unless you yeah. and nobody's ever manufactured a safety car, have they, Nick? You know, out of nowhere, you know, <laughs> purposefully <Not some> people. <laughs> in Singapore, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we're saying that, that that ever that happened this time round, but uh, no. yeah. Um, but it's just you know it, the luck is with him, yeah. And you know, I think we we talked a little bit last time that the car's not to their liking, and. 
George is used to a, not a very good car and getting the most out of it. Of late, clearly Lewis hasn't, and it's a little bit more difficult for him to drive around it. I also think that the fact that Lewis is so experienced that if they want to try anything experimental, they, they're going to, in terms of setup, rather than necessarily just strategy, they'll maybe give it to Lewis. He can kind of figure it out a little bit more. It doesn't seem like any of the things that they're trying really are working at the moment. And that's, you know, translating into the, you know, the bad luck that Lewis is facing. I, I will say I, you know, Lewis Hamilton for a guy that's been for basically a, a decade at, at the pinnacle of his sport and, you know, to, to not win the world championship last season, uh, to have it sort of snatched away from him um, at the very end. I do quite like midfield Lewis. I think his attitude and his personality is is coming through a bit. He's not moaning and grumbling and complaining about his team. He's having a little. He's even finding spots to have a little bit of fun. You, you saw the jewelry <laughs> announcement, you know, where they, they limited the amount of jewelry they could wear, and he showed up at the the press Three briefing watches. with multiple watches <laughs> on his arms. He had rings on every single finger, multiple earrings on you think he's having fun i think he's having fun i think he's getting the most out of it that he can and and fair play to him i think he's pissed i mean i don't see it i mean maybe he is on the inside because he of course he's a competitor but outwardly he's he's getting some very good advice then uh if if his if he personally he's he's angry but I, i i'm enjoying i'm enjoying seeing him race seeing him try and get the car better try and improve still a long still a very long way to go and if these guys at the front keep taking points out of each other and they can hang around and if they can get an improvement maybe something can change there's still a a huge amount of racing to go i'm not saying lewis is going to win the championship but um i think he's handling it well and he's handling basically playing second fiddle to his his teammate which is something new for him as well so fair fair play to him i I would say yeah i mean i i agree with you though that all things considered he is handling it really well from where he has been the past seven years he is like he's been doing this forever like he has i mean he's 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 doing a really great job yeah so going forward we're two laps after this and checo gets on the radio and he says he's losing power um, he's arguing with his mechanic and he, they eventually find whatever mode he has to be in, but he's not able to be as fast as he was before. And, and you can see it in his lap times. He's really dropping. And Max is just dominating at this point after all the pits. I think he's like, he's seven seconds ahead, seven and a half seconds ahead of Charles. And it's just, it's looking bad. It's looking really bad. And then you hear on the radio that, that they're trying to get George maybe to pit. Uh, Nick, I'm wondering what you, how you thought about this when he was he was telling them like, "Nah, we're, we're going to wait for a safety car." You know, it was, it was cool to hear him him give the strategy. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, at that point, you're really looking to the driver to, especially if they're they're going long. It's like, what's going on with the tires? At that point, I think George was comfortable with the tires that were on. There's obviously then. You stay out as long as you're not sacrificing the lap time, then you're not really sacrificing anything. So you just kind of keep out and you look, you know, the more laps that tick by, the greater the chance of something happening. And so, yeah, it was good. George had the confidence to say, no, I think the cars are as good as it's going to be on regardless of what tires I've got on. Let's just, let's keep with this plan and see what happens. I mean, then at this point, 
we have as follows top 10 it's max charles carlos checo at the top george without a stop and then baltas right behind him he got past lewis and then lewis ocon who hadn't stopped and he started in the la- at the last place on the grid which was i mean i guess not counting the aston martins and then gasly and alonso it was a all mixed up. It was really interesting. Yuki has dropped down at this point. Um, who knows what happened with him? Botas and Lewis are, are battling a little bit. Teammates, Botas is in between the two guys on his old team, um, still being dominant. Um, and we're just waiting. Maybe the safety car, maybe the rain. Don't know what's coming. And then we get the first Pierre incident where Alonso gets a little too aggressive and, and bumps into Pierre and is is able to get a pe- ahead of him. I mean, Martin, it, it looked like it was mostly on Alonso at this one. Yeah, uh, you know, it, and quite rightly, he got a, a five-second penalty. I'm not quite sure, you know, I, I guess he, he he went for it at that spot, and, you know, he was just too aggressive, and he, he paid the price. But I think to make any pass on this circuit, you really had to send it. And, yeah, he went for it because, you know, he, he was about as close he was as he was going to be. And he could just sit by, sit behind Pierre for the, the rest of the race, or he can go for it because it's the only chance yeah. he's really going to get. So he went for it. It was a fair penalty, you know. It wasn't it wasn't either of theirs only contact of the day. Obviously, Alonso touching wheels with Lewis at the start, and then a couple of laps later, obviously Pierre having trouble with his steering, not able to really get out of get out of the way or. Um, you know, the coming together with Lando. It, it's hard to put yourselves in the in the mind of a driver if you're behind a car for a long a long period of time and you're getting frustrated. And like 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 Nick said, you you give it a go and uh, it, it didn't work out. But that's what racing drivers do, I suppose. You're spot on with that. And you, like you said, he got the penalty for it. Five seconds for that first one. Just two laps later, I I mean, obviously the contact with Alonso affected Pierre's steering or did something. And you could see that he wasn't really able to turn, but it, it looked like Pierre just wasn't looking where he was going. He was kind of going wide on a couple turns and they probably, neither of them gave enough space to the other, but there was potential that on the radio that they were already kind of decided that they were going to stop the race. He probably shouldn't have turned into Lando like that and totally ruined his, his potential points finish. Yeah, maybe he just kind of checked out the race at that point because he needed to get the car home and didn't re- and he kind of forgot that there was actually a race going on around him. Yeah, he just he just ended up sort of drifting left. Lando was trying to slide by. Maybe didn't give him as much room as he could have done. You know, Lando could have easily gone a bit more to the left, but you know, it's fine margins. You can't blame anybody for that and it was just the wrong sort of contact, you know, at the start of the race we had wheel to wheel between uh, Alonso and Lewis and everything was fine. This one Wheel to wheel, but when those wheels touch in just the wrong way, bad things happen. That was the end of Lando's race right there. But I did like, I mean, obviously not related to the race really, but Lando's basketball helmet was a highlight of the weekend for me. <laughs> it, it, it looked so real. It was so, it was brilliant. It looked a bit Amazing. ridiculous Great job. him walking down into the pits with the basketball. Yeah. It was like a Halloween costume yeah. or something with a basketball yeah. on his head. Yeah, he looked like yeah, a mascot. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But, you know, yeah. Orlando, obviously, his race, he had an early bath, right? Yeah. And that was the end of his race. on. I mean, and, and George Russell, there it is. Boom. 
uh, you know, he got what he what wanted. What he was waiting what for. What he was waiting for. Yeah. He, he pitted. Uh, I don't know what, uh, obviously lost minimal time. And uh, out, off he went. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, George just seems to just get lucky every race. Yeah. And at the expense of his teammate, unfortunately. Right. But like you said, it's, it just happens in racing. Lewis has had a lot go his way this sure. year. Not so much. Yeah. And of course, this puts, uh, you know, Charles right up behind Max. So um, as a Ferrari fan, you know, I was hoping, you know, lighter fuel loads, that qualifying pace might return. Um, you know, with DRS now in play, you would assume, can he make something happen? I was shouting. He certainly tried. I was, yeah, he did. I, I was shouting at my TV. He, he, he looked at, like he was close enough at certain points to to give it a go. Uh, I think he did give it as good a go as he as he could. Yeah. It just wasn't there. On the flip side, you had Checo, who was really putting pressure on Carlos. Um, Carlos was playing some great team defense. I mean, Checo was on the the newer tires, the fresher tires, and Carlos was able to keep him behind. It, it was really impressive for him, especially with the way his last two races went, not being able to get past two laps in the race. His confidence is down, and he's driving really well and able to hold him off and, and keep that challenge back. It's been good to see that he's, you know, been able to exercise his racecraft on, on the circuit. And, you know, as much as we were talking about Red Bull and the extra straight line speed over the Ferrari and, you know, DRS being effective, you know, the way that Charles didn't really put up a whole lot of defense on lap nine, Carlos did a much better job keeping Checo behind. It was, you know, really good racing from Carlos. I agree. And then George finally pits he with the safety car and he he's right on Lewis. Um, and then at this point, Charles is already way behind. He's over a second, and he he knows that he's just got to finish the race and get the points. Then we get Mick and Vettel crashing into each other. Vettel gets flown up in the air. Two buddies. It was crazy. I felt so badly for Mick. He was finally going to get that points finish, and he didn't get it, although it was probably his fault. It was definitely his fault, and... (laughs) You know, I still feel badly for him. No, he was so close to getting those I don't first know if points. I, feel, I don't know if I feel badly for Mick. I was a little – I brought it up at the, the end of the last race that I think he needs to start performing. Like, he's he needs to show a bit more control and some more results. So, it, it's, it's a tough spot for him. It was right there for him. It, it didn't happen, but he's some – you know, he's got to start – putting some results on the table, I think. They obviously have the car. They have the car. You know, Magnussen's uh, been driving well. I mean, maybe that's one saving grace is that they both sort of ended up around the same spot. I know Magnussen retired just before the end with with damage, and maybe they're around about the same spot on the track. So, yeah. I mean, Vettel was magnanimous afterwards as well. Uh, You know, he wasn't obviously wasn't very happy to be shunted off the track by Mick, but... Yeah, there doesn't seem to be who who doesn't like each other amongst the drivers at the moment. Who are the two people that are really going at it? Nobody, right? I can't think of one. It's still early, though. <laughs> it's still very early. There's plenty that's that I feel like is going to happen. Of course, when the pressure ramps up, uh, yeah, those cr- whatever those cracks are, if they're there, will will start to appear. 
And there's been other drivers that have that were able to capitalize when these things have happened in this race, like redheaded Albon. He dyes his hair red again, and he gets a points finish. <laughs> so now his whole entire team has to dye their hair red now too. But uh, apparently, they're trying to back out on that. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad they're having fun. I mean, uh, Williams with zero points, you know, in a, an entire season, and now you know, just a few races in. You know, finishing tenth or and ultimately ninth um, with additional penalties, that's a win yeah. for them. That's them moving forward. So you know, good on them and and having fun with it. And that was that was the race. That was the race. So the finishing without the penalties was Max, Charles, Carlos, Checo, as we expect. Ferrari, Red Bull at the top. They seem to be the only ones that have any shot at winning the championships this year. And then George and Lewis, great finishes. Bottas, able to stay up there. Alonso, that's where he finished, but he had two five-second penalties. He ended up passing somebody. I I didn't remember it during the race, but he ended up passing somebody off the track and got a second five-second penalty, so he dropped out of the points. Ocon, Albon... Danny Rick struggle again, finishing in eleventh place, I think. Um, and then Stroll Yuki had an awful race, and then Latifi. So no, R- Ricardo was was down in. Well, 14th. oh yeah, he was, yeah, he was down because Stroll ended up getting yeah. that that last spot. Yeah. That's right. So winners, I mean, you got to put Max as the ultimate winner. I mean, especially with the way his weekend went before the race and with his little mishap in qualifying, I mean, he, he was impressive again. When he finishes, he wins. Yeah, to say, to say he had so little running on Friday, he had as great a qualifying and race as he could have really hoped for. You know, it's a brand new venue. It was, it was a good weekend for Max. I wouldn't, it certainly was. I wouldn't say it was a, a bad weekend for Leclerc. You know, uh, he got pole position. He finished second in the race. I mean, second's yeah. not bad. He's still the leader in the championship. He's showing reliability and consistency. Um, so, not... I just wish he'd have put up more of a fight and more of a defense on, on, uh, on that move from Sure, Max. but maybe he's learning a little bit too. You know, he got aggressive... In the last race, you know, he went for it and ended up losing a boatload of points when maybe he couldn't have done. So, this these guys are none of the, they're they're all learning from their experiences. Especially for for Charles, he's not been contending for a championship before. This is new for him. So, right. you know, dam, damage limitation. You can't do any better than uh, second if you're not going to end up winning. So, not terrible. And then of course Carlos to bring it in third after his last two races, is also a win. Like I'm a Ferrari fan, maybe I'm putting an overly positive spin on it. You can give me that, but not not terrible for Ferrari. No, I, I think mean, Carlos like, had a great race. Yeah, yeah, just especially in the context of the, the last what, two, three races. It, yeah, he, he needed to have a clean race, kept his nose clean throughout, got a podium. I think that's he's, his season's back on track. Obviously, the points that he's missed out on over the last couple of races mean that, you know, he's a little down the pecking order when it comes to where they're going to put their resources. But, you know, he's he's done enough this weekend. Yeah. 
Ocon, Albon, George. Um, it was really impressive from these guys. Um, you know, of course, Ocon starting from the back, Albon starting from 18th, and George in 12th, which is, you know, not horrendous, but bad for Mercedes. And they were able to really capitalize. Yeah, Albon, for me, driver of the day. Obviously, Max had a, a great race, but Albon is in the same way that George is. He's taking advantage of the situations that unfold around him and he's in the right place on the right tire at the right time. And, you know, you, you look at um, what George was doing in the car last year at Williams, he was putting in crazy pole, you know, uh, crazy qualifying laps and, you know, really extracting the most from a weekend that way, but invariably going backwards in the race. I don't know whether they just as a team have learned from those experiences and they're just getting better at kind of calling strategies. I know that, you know, when you look at, um, you know, watch Drive to Survive from last season and Jos Capito comes in and he's like, we're not going to get anything from doing the same thing as everyone else. So let's think outside the box. Let's, let's uh, see how we can mix it up and, and get some, you know, get a result by doing things a little bit differently. And I think Albon's got that mature head from having sat out this last year. That means that he's, he stays cool and allows the situations to come to him. They're not always going to come to him, but they're not expected to score points every weekend. So yeah. when they do, it's a great result. And, you know, another, another great winner is Miami. I mean, the race, you know, was interesting, but it was a spectacle. There were lots of fans. It shows that the popularity of the sport in the U S is, is really increasing. Um, and I saw actually someone from pine sports was, we were talking about it. If you guys don't know pine dash sports.com. We're always on there talking about everything. It's, it's a lot of fun. But he, she showed me this cool article that apparently the owner of the Dolphins, because this was at Dolphin Stadium, they made more money this weekend than they are expected to make for the entirety of the next NFL season. Um, that's pretty wild. I mean, the Dolphins suck, let's be real. But um, it was still that, – that's a crazy stat right there. In three days, they made as much as they're going to make in a whole entire season next mm-hmm. year. Uh, that's in, that's incredible, absolutely incredible. I don't know how that's possible. And they, I think the owner actually said he was like, "This isn't even going to be in comparison to how much we're going to make at the next one," because they really went all out on everything, just trying to test everything out, and they spent a, a lot of money. But I mean, it's going to be crazy next year. I think it's going to be a, a fun show. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to definitely try and get to that one. If they're looking to cut costs somewhere. They should maybe not have the police escort on the ridiculous little truck thing that <laughs> took Max from the race to where Carlos and Charles were just kind of sitting, waiting, getting changed um, for twenty minutes while while it all went off. That was a bit. It was a bit much. So they can cut. They can cut some cost. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time. I wasn't a huge fan of their helmets on the podium. I, I didn't like that. I agree. It, it, was, it was It was. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. It was awful. <laughs> okay, awful. I, I didn't like it, but that's just me personally. Some people loved it. They thought it was great. I love the the tech the hats in Austin. I'm 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 behind the the, the big tech. Yeah, and they did the sombreros in Mexico. Yeah, and that, it, it was all good. Football helmet. It just doesn't. It's not. It's just not in the same category. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, anyway. It looks silly. It looks silly. All right. So losers of the weekend. 
Haas and Aston, I mean, Stroll ended up having a good finish, but, you know, they were looking for potentially, both of them potentially double points. Uh, I mean, they probably both wouldn't have, but they were, they had possibilities for that. And then Mick and Vettel took each other out. Kevin Magnuson dropped back. Um, it, it was tough for them from where they qualified to how their race finished. Yeah, agreed. Could have been a better weekend for both teams, but just not the way it shook out. Haas, maybe their own fault to some degree. Aston, a little bit unlucky, plus their own fault with the the fuel issue at the start. Could have been better. And that was the race. Anybody, anything we uh, we missed that you guys want to talk about? No, I mean it looked like it was a physical race. Yes, you know they, yeah. the guy they were sweating. You know it was hot. I think that's one thing that you know since there are more and more night races. Like you go to Bahrain, Singapore's always been a night race, but the races that used to be like during the heat of the day in the desert, um, I don't know, the drivers just aren't used to being in such hot conditions like that anymore, I guess. The, you know, the temperature, I don't know what the temperature was, but everyone was saying how, how really, really hot it was down there. And in the heat of the sun, they were sweating in the cars, you know, with the, the various layers of overalls and fire retardant suits that they have. It's uh it's a pretty toasty place inside the cockpit of a Formula One car. Yeah. And uh, they they looked like they'd been in a race. And then we've got uh the next race in Spain coming up in two weeks. So we've got we're gonna go from a circuit brand new circuit in Miami that, that nobody knows to Spain, which all the teams know well, intimate, intimately, well. I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's where they do uh, so much of their testing in Europe. Maybe they'll feel, you know, in these two weeks, if they can bring some upgrades, they know they have so much data on the circuit. They know how the cars potentially will perform. They might be able to uh, take some risks, bring some upgrades. We'll, we'll see what happens. And we'll be back to, to talk about it after the race. Yes, we will. As we, we didn't talk about Coops F1. I had a better week this week than I uh, than I did. Yeah, this I thought I did, but I did not. Yeah, this <laughs> this week uh, we saw our first. So this, from a Coops F1 perspective, this has been the most pr- quote unquote predictable race. We had our first person scoring over three hundred points. Um, so uh, Imola, nobody scored over two hundred points. You know, with all the shuffling and changing. I only got seventy four yeah. at Imola. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Nick, you're still second overall uh, out of you know the hundreds of uh, participants. So you're doing you're doing very well. Yeah, I just keep moving down. Yeah, I, I have to admit though, I had actually I'd taken my kids to the Charlotte FC game and I forgot to put the picks in, so my picks from Imola <laughs> carried over. I'm just good at predicting the future, I guess. I got my crystal ball out for Imola, and uh, there you go. You know, apparently I, I, my method seems to work, but it's just not the next one. Thank you for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate and review, and we will see you next time.